large print, <clears throat> so struggle to see. I know they. I know they do. I know most of y'all have them. Uh, and uh, anyhow, hey, it's good to see everybody. And uh, I only have a couple of weirdos in here, and uh, mainly on the front row. But uh, anyhow, hey, to my left, to my left. I'm trying to figure out what your green shirt is. Eccles? Seriously? Eccles? Do they have a football team? Okay, all right. I knew they didn't. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you. We have a, uh, we, we, uh, I think out at Eccles, they have the uh, the signs out there. I think we got a big Calvary sign out there. We sponsored uh, their athletics, and we did uh, lounge as well. And uh, nobody, apparently nobody in our church likes Valdosta, so uh, nobody asked us to do one for them. Uh, but anyhow, we did do one for lounge, and we did one for Eccles. And uh, anyhow, I'm uh, thankful to support that. Our FSU fans are here today, and uh, yay, they won a game. And uh, praise the Lord, and uh, couldn't have done that last year, could you? And uh, our Alabama bandwagon fans are here. I mean, how do you how you come from California and pull for Alabama? I mean, let's let's really talk about that. I mean, there there's some things that I can understand. I mean, but... We're from California, and we pull for Alabama. That's not one of those things that I can understand. So y'all pray for them as they're trying to uh, they're trying to search out their identity. And uh, anyhow, and uh, brother Donnie, I will say this: he's been consistent, a Bama fan. Of course, most people they've been winning enough that everybody's consistent. But I had a great time yesterday at the football game, and uh, Georgia won. If y'all didn't already know, and uh, anyhow, did you know that Jesse? And uh, anyhow, I wasn't sure if you knew. And uh, I told one little kid around here that we'd beat him by three touchdowns. And uh, Trey, I told him if we beat him by three touchdowns, I got to cut his hair. And uh, he he was like, okay, okay. And uh, anyhow, I'm looking forward to cutting Trey's hair today. And uh, anyhow, and uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And so anyhow, uh, we we won by 22 points. That's that, I don't care how you add it up. That's three touchdowns. And so anyhow, uh, we're gonna uh, we we're gonna have to get a hold of that boy's head. He probably won't even come to church today. And uh, but anyhow. Uh, I'm glad this guy walks in with a North Carolina shirt on. And uh, go, go what? Y'all did? Who'd y'all play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, Miss Tracy up there's got a shirt that says Clemson Tough. I was like, I mean, I understand the Clemson stuff, but tough, I, I'm not following that at all. So, anyhow. But she said we'd have a talk next week, and I'm looking forward to that talk. And uh, anyhow, I'm hoping that they'll actually play somebody. When does Florida State play Clemson? They already did? Uh, I think Florida State's – so Florida State's a number – let's just call it the number two team in the ACC. <laughs> North Carolina is? What's y'all's record? Six – Huh? Seven and one, so y'all ain't played nobody either. Okay. 
just saying. All right, and uh, let's look at some announcements and we'll get going. Thank y'all for wearing your colors today. And uh, for those of you that didn't, it's okay. And uh, Brother Chip said, man, I almost went home and changed. And uh, no, it's all right. I'm glad that you're here. And uh, let's take a look at some of our upcoming events. Uh, the three to five-year-old Sunday school outing. Uh, this is going to be next Saturday, and uh, they are drop-off at 9 a.m. This is at recall. They, they're going to drop the kids off. If you have kids in this or grandkids, they're going to drop them off at 9 a.m., and you pick them up at 11. Uh, you need to let Miss uh, Shishi or uh, Miss Shannon Wade know and uh, buy, I'm assuming, Wednesday night, all right? And she has a number there for you to call her. And I've already talked to her, told her she couldn't get on the trampolines, all right? So if we find out that she's been on the trampolines, we're having her thrown in jail, okay? And uh, so anyhow, how many of y'all know this? Trampoline is for a kid, not for an adult, all right? And uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there for a lot of us. All right, let's see here. Mark your calendars. Fall Festival is coming up uh, November the 12th, and uh, that'll be 3 p.m. until, and uh, there's a sign-up sheet for that in the foyer. So if you will, sign up and just let us know that you're coming. Uh, there's also a sign-up sheet out there for um, a cakewalk. Uh, this is if you uh, want to bake a cake for that or, or bring a cake, have some, buy a cake, whatever. Just don't go to Winn-Dixie and buy some junk, all right? Amen. Ain't nobody want to stand out there and walk for a uh, uh, biscuit cake or whatever from Winn-Dixie, all right? And then, uh, let's see, the chili cook-off, uh, there's a sign-up sheet out there for that. And uh, how much do we have? Well, we'll do that next week, but we want to make sure we have plenty signed up for that as the chili is what feeds most everybody that comes. Uh, we'll probably have some hot dogs or something like that as well, uh, but uh, primarily it's going to be uh, um, chili that we'll be eating that night. Uh, we need individual size candy, and uh, I know people have been bringing that for different things, but that'll help us out as well. And then everybody drink, bring a drink that does not get you drunk. I need somebody to say amen, all right? And so anyhow, after yesterday, I was telling everybody that, um, man, that place down there is just, uh, it's unbelievable how much alcohol shoved in your face when you get down there to that, that stadium. But anyhow, they were, they were drunk before they came in. As soon as you come in, there's bars set up all the way around the concourse and everything else. So they were drinking the whole game. Then as soon as you walk out of the gate, there's people standing there with coolers loaded with beer, selling beer as they're walking back to their car. And uh, anyhow, praise the Lord, we got out of there safe, and uh, we were on the road. We, we had a great parking and everything, and uh, had a good time while we were down there with Brother Josh and his son, Jagger. And, uh, but anyhow, we had, a, uh, we had a great time, got out of there safe. No incident, nobody died, and uh, at least not on our watch. But anyhow, we had a good time. But... Uh, on this, don't bring any alcohol because I've seen how all of them acted, all right? November the 13th, uh, we have uh, a Veterans Day celebration here at the church, and uh, Brother Jim will be participating in that, and uh, I hope he's well. I don't see him this morning, but if you will, uh, keep Brother Jim in your prayers. He'll be uh, speaking at that, and uh, he normally does that, and uh, he always tells me every year this is the last time he's going to do it, so uh, he's a liar, but anyhow... Uh, uh, we do appreciate him and his service, and uh, if you don't know Brother Jim, you need to get to know him and uh, spend some time with him because he is one of the he's one of the good guys, and he did a lot for our country. And uh, man, I love him and I appreciate him. Matter of fact, 
that's how Brother Jim uh, ended up at our church. I think he was invited by Miss Tammy or her family somehow or another. I'm not real sure how that all went down. Uh, but uh, I seen for years, uh, Brother Jim played golf. I'd play first thing in the morning. I'd tee off at daylight, and I'd walk the course, and I'd play, and I'd finish up, and Brother Jim was getting there to play. And me and him talked in the parking lot, not knowing each other's name or anything. We talked in the parking lot every single day. And uh, anyhow, uh, I, I learned a little bit about him. Uh, I did a funeral, and I can't remember what funeral I did, but he was dressed uh, in his uniform, and he was there. And, uh, man, I was just really impressed. Anyhow, I started inquiring about uh, getting him. I wanted to talk to him. I was called a golf course. I was trying to get his number. I was doing all these things. And that next Sunday, he walks into our church service. And uh, so anyhow, the Lord put us together. And uh, he's been here ever since. He's been here every service since then. And, uh, and anyhow, he's done a lot to help us out with our Veterans Day and the different things as far as service, recognizing our service members and uh, those that, that have served and, uh, and those that have served in the past, all right? Uh, so uh, be here for that, November the 13th, 11 a.m. We'll have gifts. We'll have all kind of things. Also, if you plan to participate, in that. You are a veteran. Uh, we need a picture, and uh, I think you're going to have to get that in today. And so uh, if you have not already, you're probably going to have to get that in today. Uh, I, I'm not real sure. Is there a deadline on that, anybody? Y'all see it? I don't see one, but uh, uh, Miss Michelle's trying to get all that uh, uh, done. So if you're planning on being a part of that, you want to be a part of that, we need two pictures, one of you in uniform, one of you out of uniform, and uh, you need to get that to her just as quickly as possible, okay? Um, we're going ahead and announcing uh, two services coming up, in no, uh, one in November, one in December. So in November, uh, the Thanksgiving, our midweek service will be changed from Wednesday night to Tuesday night. We do that every year, and uh, this will give you an opportunity if you're traveling for Thanksgiving to leave on Wednesday and not have to worry about getting to church or any missing church or anything like that. So we will move our midweek service from Wednesday night back to Tuesday night, and we always do uh, around this time and around Easter, we do communion. So we'll be doing, uh, we'll have a communion service on that night, which is the Tuesday night before Thanksgiving, all right? So be here for that. That's always a good time, always a sweet service. And so uh, make sure you make plans to be here for that. And then our other one is the Calvary Christmas service, all right? Um, Christmas is uh, uh, on Sunday this year. So uh, uh, it is falling December 25th, the fall on a Sunday this year. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have one service, all right? We're going to make that service at 1030. Uh, that way, you don't have to get here so early. You can open presents and do all that with the youngins. Uh, be here at 1030. We'll get you out of here by 12. Uh, you can be at lunch, whatever y'all plan on doing, and uh, we'll have a good time with that. Probably even get you out of here earlier than that, all right? So uh, come celebrate Christmas with us, and uh, come celebrate my birthday. Y'all bring plenty of presents and all that. Won't be a problem at all, all right? And there will be uh, just... Just so everybody's clear, no Sunday school, and there'll be no Sunday evening service on Christmas Day, all right? And so uh, we're going to have one service, and then the rest of the day you'll be able to spend with your family and do, all right? And tonight, we will not have service tonight either. It's fifth Sunday, and so uh, we will not be having services. I, I thought that was announced. Michelle said it was, but I, I don't know. 
Uh, I ain't seen anything forward or anything this morning. Uh, so we will not have uh, services tonight on Fifth Sunday. Uh, we do around here is called Family Day. What we want you to do is we want you to spend time with your family on this Fifth Sunday and uh, have a good time with your family. That means, fellas, if you're going hunting, take your youngin with you, all right? Say, well, I won't kill anything. You're probably not going to kill anything anyhow, all right? And let's just be honest about it. And uh, uh, But uh, if you hadn't already, you probably ain't going to kill anything anyhow. But take the youngins. They love it. Uh, Dalton, uh, he has... He's he. It's funny how Dalton does me like this. So I I bought some stands and I put them out in the woods. Well, if you ask Wyatt, those stands are his. All right, and I guess since he lays claim to my stand, Dalton thinks that it's okay to take Wyatt to my stand. Is everybody all right? So they're texting me while I'm gone. Man, we're sitting in in Wyatt's stand. that I paid money for and that I built. Is everybody all right? We're sitting in Wyatt's stand, and, man, he just seen three deer. I said, that's wonderful. Don't shoot my deer, all right? But anyhow, uh, uh, but uh, uh, take a young and hunt, and Wyatt loves it. And uh, he, uh, five years old, last, uh, last year at four years of age, he was out there uh, seeing deer, and this year he's already seen deer. So uh, take a young and hunt and do that. That's a good time, and uh, they'll have a blast with it, all right? Is there anything else that need to be announced? I did say Georgia beat Florida. Okay, I just making sure. I didn't know Jesse. I, I didn't know if I'd done that. So anyhow, all right, let's pray, and we'll get into uh, Hebrews chapter number two. All right, our heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, and God, we are thankful, Lord, for an opportunity to be in church, Lord, for Sunday school. God, I pray that you'd bless our time together. Lord, I pray this morning, uh, Lord, that we'd make an impact for you. Lord, I pray as we open up your word and we study, God, I pray that you would illuminate our minds, Lord. I pray that you bring all things to remembrance. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would get honor and glory out of everything that's done here today. Lord, I pray for every ministry that's here on the property that is operating this morning. Lord, I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for their sacrifice. And Lord, I pray that you would bless them for their time. Lord, I pray today, uh, Lord, that heart hearts would be uh, saved, souls would be saved right here in our church. I pray that hearts would be encouraged, and Lord, I pray that you'd have all the honor and glory. Lord, we're going to lift you up this morning, and Lord, we know that by doing so, you'll draw all men to you. Lord, we love you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right. Um, I did want to tell you all that uh, um, this uh, past week, uh, while we were gone, uh, we had a great time, and uh, I didn't put, I don't think I put a whole lot on Facebook or anything like that, but um, Friday night, last Friday night, I shared some testimony with you. Last Friday night, um, I preached at a, uh, I didn't know what was going on with this. I got asked to preach kind of late, so it was kind of a late deal for us, but it worked out because I was preaching in Kentucky on Sunday, um, so they asked me to come preach Friday night. I don't know if a preacher canceled or what, but they asked me to come preach Friday night at a camp meeting in Gatlinburg, uh, Tennessee. So anyhow, uh, me and Michelle drove up Thursday. We got there Thursday night, walked in just in time for service, and I'm sitting down, and I really thought I was going to preach Thursday night. I didn't know what was going on. He just told me he'd preach me, and uh, he told me he preached me Friday, but, uh, you know, you got to be ready. So anyhow, I'm sitting there, man. I'm trying to get my mind right for it, and Jonathan McNeese was announced as a preacher on Thursday night. I didn't even realize he was there. We didn't even know we were both going to be there, so uh, I got to spend, uh, uh, he got finished preaching, and uh, I didn't even 
even know he's in the building. And uh, we ended up together that evening, and man, had a good time fellowship with him Thursday night. Then Friday I preached, and uh, man, the Lord laid a message on my heart, and I preached it. And uh, man, I, there was, you know, a camp meeting, there's a pile of preachers there. And anyhow, uh, I preached a message uh, geared more towards preachers than anything, but Christians that are uh, in ministry and laboring. Anyhow, that night I had all kind of preachers come up to me. I mean, weeping and crying and just, man, it, it really helped them. I mean, while I was, right after I got down, there was people coming to me uh, while the service was still going on. It was incredible. So Sunday, we went to uh, um, EJ's, and man, I preached two services there. They have two services. Their church building isn't as big as ours, and uh, and they got a pile of folks. So we were, we I preached two services for him. And the morning service, the early morning service was unbelievable. Man, we had a good time. And then the uh, the 11 o'clock service, I preached a salvation message. And uh, we had about five that looked up and uh, nobody came forward. But anyhow, uh, the Lord was working in that service and it was good. Got to Monday night and the Lord told me to preach the same sermon that I preached Friday night at camp meeting. Now, this is where it gets cool. So anyhow, I preached the same exact sermon that I preached at camp meeting at EJ's church on Monday night. And uh, at camp meeting, there was a couple of people from EJ's church, but not very many, uh, maybe two or three, something like that. Well, anyhow, I preached that sermon at EJ's church on Monday night. And, uh, man, the altars flooded, just people coming to the altars. It was great response. Anyhow, Lord, help. I just seen what you got on. God help you, all right? Anyhow, uh, um, uh, the altars flooded. Well, EJ, there was a pastor, a visiting pastor there. And EJ, at the end of the service, he said, Pastor so-and-so is here with us. He said, why don't you dismiss us in prayer? Anyhow, the man stood up, and he's weeping and crying. I mean, he was tore up during the service. He was the first one to come down to the altar. I mean, I, I even got into an invitation, and he come walking down. And anyhow, he stood up, and before he prayed, he said, I'd like to say something. And uh, he said that he left the pulpit uh, Sunday, and uh, which was the day before. He said he left the pulpit Sunday night and told his wife he was going to quit. And uh, he was done. He was through. And uh, anyhow, that night, he was like, uh, man, you know, the sermon, like I said, it was geared towards preachers a lot. And uh, man, he just, he said, man, I'm, I'm going to get back in the boat. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rowing, man. It was uh, it was awesome. And uh, anyhow, his wife said that his wife was there Friday night when I preached at the camp meeting, and uh, she had begged him. Now they don't go to church with EJ; they were just they just come over for the revival. And uh, anyhow, she said she begged her husband to go and listen to that sermon Friday night, and he he didn't get a chance. So they show up Monday. And, uh, and God changed what I was going to preach. I, I literally uh, texted EJ before the service. I said, look, man, God won't leave me alone about preaching this sermon. And anyhow, that man was there that night, his wife begging him to listen to that sermon. And it, he, got, he got it in person, amen. And uh, man, it was good. And then Tuesday night, I preached and geared it towards uh, their young people. They got a lot of young people, a lot of young couples and stuff. And uh, I was telling the, the prayer room, they had uh, they, that Tuesday night, we probably had about 220, 230 people in that auditorium. And when I give the invitation, there wasn't 10 people sitting in chairs. 
And uh, they flooded the altars all the way down the aisles. People were praying. They were on the platform praying. And uh, the girl and the guy, the husband and wife that do the singing for them, they got up to play the piano. And uh, I walked out because I've been battling some sinus issues. I walked out, I walked back in, and they're up there singing, and their youngins are wrapped around their feet. I'm telling y'all, it was unreal. We had a good service. And then Brother Malcolm got there Wednesday night, and he tore it all apart, and it was bad from then on. But anyhow, I'm just kidding. Brother Malcolm did a tremendous job. And uh, he is, uh, you know, I tell y'all all the time, Jonathan McNeese is my favorite preacher, but uh, that might change. I ain't kidding you. And so uh, Brother Malcolm was just, he, he was amazing. He did a great job when he came here. It was more of a teaching thing, which he told me it would be, uh, but there he did some preaching, boy, and, and he does some teaching in it, but it is just, it was amazing, and so anyhow, uh, I will have Brother Malcolm back. I really enjoyed him, and he's uh, uh, he done a tremendous job. I stayed there Wednesday and Thursday night so uh, and, and listened to him preach, but looking forward to uh, uh, being back in our pulpit this morning. Thank y'all for letting me do that. I had a great time, and uh, always have a good time uh, getting away uh, for uh, a little bit. I, f- I really felt refreshed and uh, was able to preach too, so it was a good thing. All right? All right, is everybody good? All right, let's take a look at verse number 10, I believe, in chapter number 2, all right? Let's look at verse number 9 first. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there, all right? So uh, as we're going through this, uh, we've been looking at uh, uh, Jesus in chapter number one, his superiority to the prophets. Uh, in chapter number one, we see not only his superiority to the prophets, but we see his superiority to the angels. And you'll remember uh, the way God showed us that uh, was that uh, basically uh, he's superior to the prophets, he's superior to the angels, and therefore his word has more weight than the prophets and the angels, all right? So, uh, matter of fact, he made a comparison in chapter number two, and he says that uh, um, uh, if the word, if the word of the angels was steadfast, then how much more is the word of Jesus? Why? Because he was superior to the angels. And so uh, he comes to the conclusion in chapter uh, number two and verse number three, you don't have to go there, but how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And so what he's saying here and what the writer is trying to tell us here is that being that he is greater than the prophets, being that he is greater than the angels, how much more, how are we going to escape if we don't listen to him? That's one thing not to listen to the prophets. It's one thing not to listen to the angels, all right? But to not listen to God, how are we going to escape if we neglect so great a salvation, all right? So uh, we come through, and he's now showing us that Jesus was man, all right? Now, this is important. It may not be important to you. you. may not understand this. You may not understand why this is important. You may just think, hey, I, I've known this all my life. But the fact is, is that you and I really have to understand that not only was Jesus Christ God, he was in all parts man, all right? And, and the writer here is trying to make sure we understand this, all right? He was in all parts God. 
That's why he knew things. That's why he perceived their heart. That's why before they spoke, a lot of times he would answer them, all right? Why? Because he was in all parts God, but he was in all parts man as well. We see him walking on the water. We see him raising uh, people from the dead. We see him healing the sick, doing all these things. That was the, the, the divine attributes that were in him that allowed him to do that. But we also see Jesus weary. And uh, if you'll remember in John chapter number four, when he came to the well with the woman at the well, uh, um, the Bible says that he was wearied from walking. Uh, we, fee- we see that uh, he slept. Uh, the Bible tells us that when the in the storm on the Sea of Galilee, uh, they were they thought they were going to perish, and Jesus was asleep in the boat. All right, and of course we know that God never sleeps nor slumbers, so we see the deity of Christ, but we also see the humanity of Christ. All right, uh, we see that uh, Jesus slept. We see that Jesus wept. And uh, the Bible says that uh, when Lazarus died, uh, the Bible tells us in John chapter number 11 uh, that Jesus wept, all right? And so uh, we know that Jesus had emotions, and uh, which is uh, uh, something that uh, may be, con- you know, something that uh, you didn't even realize, uh, but Jesus, uh, he, he was in all parts man. And what's important about that is he had to be to make reconciliation for us. Does everybody understand that? All right, now, uh, let, conceivably, God could have chosen another way for salvation. Conceivably. I didn't say he did. I didn't say the thought ever crossed his mind. But with God, all things are? Say it again. With God, all things are? All right, so it was possible. All right? But yet, this is how God chose. Why did, is this the way that God chose? A man had to die for man's sin. Is everybody with me now? Y'all with me? And so God sent himself, Jesus, as a man to die for man, mankind, all right? And that had to take place. You can't, is everybody with me? Has anybody got any questions on this? Because if you don't understand this, it's okay. We just need to talk about it some more. But we have to understand that he was in all parts God and he was in all parts man. And we're fixing to get into some scripture and you're going to understand this a little bit better, okay? But we're, we, we, when, we, when we look at this, you have to see him as both. You can't separate one from the other. You have to see him as both, all right? And so uh, to be a perfect sacrifice for you and I, he had to be like us. He had to be us. He had to be a man. All right, but yet to be God, he had to be apart from us. <laughs> All right, how did that happen? Anybody? Who said it? Somebody said it. Virgin birth. Exactly. All right, so uh, the Bible tells us that sin was passed down from Adam all the way through, but the break in that was a virgin birth. Sin was not passed down to Jesus. So he was born, the Bible says, Mary conceived of the Holy Ghost. He was born with divine blood. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And therefore, he did not inherit a sin nature. He lived, everybody hear me, he lived, he was actually born as Adam was created. 
That's why he is the second Adam. He was born as Adam was created. Adam was created without sin, right? Jesus come without sin, all right? And so with Christ, he had no sin nature, which means he had he he had, he was man, but he had the same opportunity, all right? Let me see if I can word it this way. He had the same exact opportunities as Adam, but yet he lived life without sin, all right? And so when he went to the cross, he was without sin, unlike Adam, who plunged all of mankind, all of humanity into sin. He went to the cross sinless, all right? Now, let's go to our reading. All right, so in verse number nine, it says, but we see Jesus, all right, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. This means that little, made a little lower than the angels means that he was made a man. Why was he made man? For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste what? Death for every man. You remember in John chapter number 12, I believe it's in verse number 27, uh, he says, uh, uh, and, and what shall I say then? He says, uh, uh, shall I ask the Father to deliver me from this? He says, for it is for this cause I have came. And he was talking about the cross, all right? So the purpose of Jesus coming, look at me, the purpose of Christ coming was the cross. That he should taste death for every man. All right, this was a purpose. Many of us, and Jesus said it. He said, I come to seek and save that which was lost. But Jesus' entire purpose, his entire cause was that he should taste death for every man. All right, that is why he came. All right, he came to take on our sin and to pay the price for that through his death burial, and of course, his resurrection. Now, in verse number 10, the Bible says, for it uh, became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in, or, or let me stop right there. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. What do we know right there about him real quickly? He's God, exactly, exactly. He's God, all right? But it became him. For it became him, and then we see, a, we see a comma, and then we see for whom all are, are all things and by uh, whom are all things, comma, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. All right, now listen. Everybody listen. Does that mean that Jesus wasn't perfect? No. Does this word perfect means? Does this word perfect mean that in some way or another Jesus wasn't perfect? No. What this perfect is is completion. All right. For him to be the captain of our salvation, he had to experience suffering. Everybody, y'all stay with me. All right. Don't miss this. For him to be the captain of our salvation, for him to obtain salvation for us, for him to identify with us, he had to suffer. Can God suffer? No. <laughs> God doesn't. Y'all, are y'all? Let me get over here. Let me. Can God suffer? No. 
The only way that Jesus would understand and go through suffering was if he was a Does everybody now do y'all understand? You can't kill God. You can't hurt God. You can't hey, hey, we, we live in this fairy tale. We think we hurt God's feelings over something. You ain't hurt God's feelings. <laughs> hey, he is he he he's perfect. There there is no suffering with God except through Jesus, and for, Je for him to suffer, it had to be as a man, all right? And that's what made him the captain of our salvation. He was perfected, not, not in the sense of being perfect, but in the sense of being complete through sufferings. That's how he identified with you and I, all right? That's why you can't separate. Yes, he's all God. Yes, he's all man, but you cannot separate the two. This verse brings both of them together beautifully, all right? Verse number 11, all right? The Bible says this, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, all right? And listen, hey, you and I, we ain't got no problem identifying with Jesus. I need somebody to help me, all right? Hey, praise the Lord. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful he died for me. But I wonder how many times he looks at us and says, I don't know if I want to. Is everybody all right? <laughs> hey, so the, the fact that this verse tells us that he is not ashamed to call them brethren, once again, he's showing his humanity in this. Uh, the writer here is showing us that not only is he superior to the prophets, he's superior to the angels, but he is man. He's made a little lower than men, or a little lower than angels for the purpose of suffering and death, and he identifies with us. He, is everybody all right? He identifies with you and I. Now he's gonna keep this thought going in verse number 12, 13, 14, all right? So in verse number 12, he says, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. This is a quote from Psalms. And here the Messiah is saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren, all right? He identified once again with the brethren or with the church. And he says, in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. You ever thought about this? Jesus sang praises to God. I know, man, listen, y'all. I know this sometimes feels real complicated. I know it does. Because you're sitting here saying, preacher, you said he's God. Why is he singing praises to himself? But there's a relationship between him and God the Father, and he sings praises, he honors, he obeys God the Father, though he is God. Say, preacher, how do you, listen, I'm going to tell you all something. If there was a good way to explain that where everybody would understand it, I promise you I would explain it to you that way. But many a theologian has sat there and wrestled over this thing. And you can tear apart every argument. Some people say the egg. You take the shell of the egg and it's still an egg. You take the yolk of the egg and it's still an egg. You take the white of the egg and it's still an egg. But it's, on all, it's all in one, right? But the fact is, is that with an egg, you can separate each part. <laughs> you can't separate God from Jesus. Is everybody right? From the Holy Spirit. And so uh, it, it's one of those things that we, 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 we by faith, trust what God says in his word. But to rationally 
to be able to uh, uh, describe it in such a manner that everybody would understand that we, we ain't got nothing that compares to it. All right? So he says what God is trying to show us here, what this writer is trying to show us here, is that Jesus was all parts God, but he was all parts man, and he identified with man. That's real important. We got to identify with man, all right? Verse number 13, let me move on real quickly right here, all right? And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. Another quotation in Isaiah. This is a reference back to the children or the brethren that God has given to Jesus, all right? So once again, he's identifying with man and he's telling us that they're precious to him, all right? Now, verse number 14, the Bible says this, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. What was that? Flesh and blood, all right? That through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So for this power to be broken, all right, he had to come in flesh and blood and die through suffering to defeat the devil, all right? Now, stay with me right here because this is where it gets real tricky. The Bible tells us that death cometh by sin, right? It's because of sin we have death. Adam and Eve in the garden, what was the promise? On the day that you shall eat, you shall surely die. Why? Death was a consequence of sin, all right? Now, this is where it gets fun. Is everybody all right? So, Jesus, all right, came and died. But because he had no sin, <laughs> death couldn't take him. He had to give himself. Boy, that's so missed in churches. Satan didn't kill Jesus. He tried over and over again to kill Jesus. He could not kill Jesus. Why? Because death had no power over Jesus because there was no sin in Jesus' life. So he came and identified as man, but he lived a life that was without sin. Therefore, death couldn't take him. So he willingly gave his life. The Bible says he gave up the ghost. It did not say that it, he said, he said, no man shall take my life from me. He says, I'll give it, but no man will take my life from me. Why? Because he had no sin. Is everybody seeing all this? Man, I'm telling you, if you'll ever get a hold of just some parts of it, it'll make you want to run a lap, all right? The fact is, is that death had no power over him. He literally gave himself over to death so that he could defeat it. And the resurrection, he defeated it. When he came back from death, he literally looked death in the eye and said, you have no power over me. All right, does everybody understand that? Everybody, everybody, you got to understand this. Why? Because if I'm in Christ, then death has no power over me. Death has no power. Man, hey, preacher, we all have to die. I agree 100%. I, I agree 100%. This body, you and I will face a death at some point. It is appointed unto man once to die. But being in Christ, that same resurrection power is endued in us. And you and I, uh, earnest of the Holy Spirit in us, will one day rise again. 
Why? Because Jesus has power over death, and that is the devil. He has no power. He has no power. Jesus took that when he went and died for you and I. He took that power of death away. Is everybody all right? That's good. I don't care if you like it or not, all right? Verse number 15. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. <laughs> Boy, this is, this. raise your hand. We all identify with that right there, all right? Fear of death were all their lifetime uh, subject to bondage. Verse number 16. For verily, he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. All right? Verse number 17. Once again, he became man. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Somebody say amen. It behooved him. It was fitting that he was made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation. Everybody look right here. It's to make atonement, reconciliation, to make atonement for the sins of the people, all right? He was that sacrificial lamb. He was on the day of atonement. He was, you know, how many of y'all remember the day of atonement in the Old Testament in the tabernacle? All right, it was a one time a year. High priest would go in and offer an offering. They looked for the Shekinah glory to fall. And that signified that God had forgiven the entire nation, all the people of their sins. What this verse is saying is that Jesus is our high priest. And on that cross, he made an offering himself as the lamb of God, a perfect lamb without spot, without blemish. And the Bible tells us that when uh, uh, on, on the third day when he arose, Mary was in the garden and she didn't even know where he was and she supposed him to be the gardener and she turned around when he called her name and she said, Jesus, Rabboni, right? And anyhow, Jesus said, don't touch me for I've not yet ascended to the Father. The work wasn't complete. And so he goes to the Father on that resurrection Sunday with the blood. He offers it on the mercy seat, which by the way is him. <laughs> uh, he is the propitiation of our sins, all right? He, that word propitiation, if you, uh, uh, if you uh, translate it back into the Greek and then you translate it from the Greek back into the Hebrew, it literally means the mercy seat. He is the mercy seat for you and I. His blood was offered on that mercy seat. God said, satisfied, satisfied. Jesus came back that afternoon and met with the disciples and he says, look at me, handle me and see. He told Mary, don't touch me. He told the disciples, handle me and see. Put your hand in my side. Put your, hand in, put, put your finger in my, in, in my hand in the nail prints, right? And so he made reconciliation for all mankind and served as our high priest. And the Bible tells us that, and, and later on in Hebrews we'll see it, the Bible tells us after he made that one offering for sin, he sat down on the right hand of the Father. Why? Because it was finished. There was nothing more to be made for sin. No more, uh, uh, no more offering for sin. No more need for reconciliation. The work had already been done. For the first time ever, the high priest sat down. The work was finished. And the only way the high priest sat down was if he was God. 
Bible says he sat down on the right hand of the Father. He sat down on the throne. Everybody all right? Verse number 18, and we're going to come back to this because it's just too good. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted. And I ain't got time to preach this. We, 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 we are out of time. But I'm going to show you. We'll do it next week. I'm going to show you Jesus suffered through temptation. Many think, oh, he couldn't sin, so it wasn't no big deal. But that's not right. He was all parts man. He suffered through temptation. Yet he never succumbed to it. And therefore, since he's gone through suffering, since he's suffered in temptation, he is able to succor or to comfort them that are tempted. How does he do that? 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13 said this, that there is no temptation given unto man whereby it's all common. In other words, there's no temptation given to you that is so great you can't escape it. And the Bible tells us that Jesus makes a way for you and I to escape. All right? How could he do that? Because he went through temptation. He suffered through temptation. And he did not succumb to it. Therefore, he's able to comfort us in our temptation and to make a way of escape when we feel like there ain't no way. Yes, sir. Oh, you good? Amen. I like it. Yes, ma'am. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The only difference is that with you and I, we got, while we do praise the good parts, <laughs> we got bad ones. And, uh, and, and that we don't praise and that we don't want to bring up. Uh, but we've seen all of God and, uh, and his, all of his attributes are, are holy and all of his attributes are pure. Amen. All right, y'all ready? Did y'all enjoy it? Did you learn anything? Praise God. All right, Lord, thank you for 